and you're listening to the Practice Power Up Podcast with your host, Damian Adler. Damian, the co-founder of Power Diary and a clinical psychologist, will bring to you proven strategies on how to run and grow your practice. Happy listening. Welcome, everyone. One of the topics, we're going to keep it very practical, talk a little bit about the sort of why, but also a lot about the how and some do's and don'ts um, to make this nice and easy um, for your practice. So now, co-host today, I'm very pleased to say we have Danielle. Hi, Danielle. Great to have you. Hey, everyone. How are you? Super excited about this topic, Damien, because I think, you know, it's a topic that people just, you know, it's one of those things that it's such an easy thing, something we should all be thinking about. And maybe we just don't remember to do as much as we should. And I think also it's something that people feel quite intimidated about um, often too. So as health practitioners, people often are kind of shy sometimes to put themselves out there or feel that they're, you know, they don't want to be sort of marketing or advertising or being, you know, um, it can be an area of discomfort for people. Um, and so, you know, it's really, you know, wonderful to be able to sort of talk about this. Um, now, just to do very brief introductions. So um, those who might be uh, new to Paradari or uh, new to us. So my name's uh, Damien. So I'm uh, one of the co-founders here at Paradari, uh, head of customer success. Um, I'm a registered um, psychologist and uh, formerly uh, I had a, my, along with my wife, we grew a, um, you know, quite a large size uh, private psychology practice. And so we've got very sort of hands-on experience uh, with some of the things we're talking about today, as well as being, you know, we've had uh, Paradari now for, for a long time and we've been able to see talking to thousands of practitioners, you know, in uh, mm-hmm. all over the world about what sort of works for them over the years and seeing what helps drive their business. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a great topic. And now, Danielle, of course, for those who... Uh, Danielle often uh, joins me on uh, yes. some of our webinars and our podcasts. Um, yep. So some of you will be very familiar. Now, yep. Danielle, you're a uh, marketing manager here at Powerary. Yep. yep. And yeah. I've been I've been in marketing. Oh my goodness! And I hate to say this number because I don't feel like 16 years. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it might even be 17 years now. But I've 16 years of marketing experience, growing and building brands. I can tell you that. You know, this referral marketing is just one of the many pieces of marketing. And like I said earlier, one of those things that can be overlooked, but it's so important for growing who you are. And it's part of what I love about marketing is sometimes the simple things are the things that make the most impact on your business. So I'm really excited to get into this topic and it's right up my alley. I Love talking yeah. to people and referral marketing. It's all about making those connections, isn't it? And exactly, and that's exactly the point I was just going to make. Actually, that you know, before uh, some people have some preconceived ideas about what marketing is, and you know, I'm not a sort of marketer, you know, mm-hmm. or how they would sort of view themselves. And I think it's important to really sort of demystify it. when we're thinking about marketing. What we're really talking about is building relationships between yes. either the individual or the company and the interested parties who are out, who are out there it could be potential customers, but in today we're, we're going to be talking about potential referrers and yep. that marketing. It's about that kind of building the relationship so they have a sense of who you are and what you offer. Um, and it's not necessarily about 
you know, just writing ads or coming up with a way of kind of like selling. It's about establishing relationships with those that may be that where there's a mutually beneficial situation that can be kind of set up that we might say when we're looking at Power Diary, you know, and the people that we're marketing to, we're having conversations and helping sort of people that might be interested in utilizing our product, where our product will help them um, in their business. And it's the same when we're talking about establishing referral marketing or marketing to referral sources is really it's about looking at what your practice does Mm-hmm. how the sort of services that it provides and helping the referrers, the GPs and so forth in your community understand and have a sense of what you do and how you can help them, right? Yep. So when they have a patient, they are able to think of, I know who the right person is to send this patient to because I have a sense of who they are. So right. we're talking about really just establishing who you are and um, I guess having the referrers in your community, be aware of what you stand for, what you provide, how you can help them, right? Just yeah. like the way that we, you know, in Powdery, we, we, our, you know, we like to be talking to people that might find Powdery a helpful and useful product, you know, where we, we you know, we build Powdery to help practices run yeah. more smoothly. And therefore, it makes sense. That's the area that we're fired up and passionate about, you know. And of course, we think we do it better than anyone else. So we, you know, we want to sort of communicate to people: this is, you know, what we can do. This is how we can help you with your business. Um, mm-hmm. And it's no different, that, um, really, when you're talking about a practice. Let people know who you are, and we're going to talk about some ways to do that. That. Um, aren't as confronting as what some, you know, some of the other things that are out there people find uh, too confronting for them to do. So we'll talk a bit about um, a yeah. bit about that. So let's um, jump in without any further ado. So that it is really about this building and nurturing, right? So mm-hmm. establishing that initial kind of contact so they know like who you are to start with, that you exist, <laughs> your practice mm-hmm. exists, um, and then being able to nurture that relationship so that it's not a sort of one and done, um, but it's about sort of having an ongoing relationship with that particular referral source. Um, and yeah, and, and this is important, right? It's not when you're thinking about marketing or you're thinking about establishing relationships. It, it's not about a one-off, right? Nope. I mean, think about your own personal relationships. You have to build and nurture them, right? Like if yeah. you make a new friend or, you know, you've got a new acquaintance, you know, you've got to nurture that relationship. Same things going on here, right? Yeah, exactly. And with time, like in any other relationship, you also build um, trust and a sense Mm -hmm. of, so from a referral point of view, they're building trust in you as a referral option. um, And then that makes the whole thing run more smoothly. So um, we're going to look at you know, ways of doing that and particular, you know, providing sort of effective and efficient feedback to referrers. So once they have made that kind of initial contact and they have referred a patient, um, how that might sort of um, operate. And then we'll also talk about some Power RE tools to kind of help you track um, and manage referrers. Okay, so why are these, why, uh, like when you're thinking about this, why, why are referral relationships important? Like what's the, what, why bother with this, do you think, uh, Danielle? Well, what's, what's behind it? If you think about it from your 
marketing, establishing sure. relationships. Why? Sure. Yeah. From my from my marketing brain. Well, I mm -hmm. can tell you this: referrals, as it says, are the lifeblood of most health practices. Mm -hmm. It is like that stepping stone. It is that way to get in the door. It mm -hmm. um, raises the status of your business. It gets your name in front of those practitioners. It gives them something to know about you. And it's mm -hmm. right there in front of them. And I love yeah. that. Anytime you yeah. can do that, A plus. It is yeah. cost effective. If you think about the cost of advertising, trust me, <laughs> I know the cost of advertising. It can be very, very yeah. expensive. And yeah. you can't always necessarily know is it effective? I mean, there are certain things you can do. You could, mm -hmm. you know, get some emails of people in your area and know who's opened it and track it back. But if you run an ad in the newspaper, unless mm -hmm. they're coming in and they're saying, oh, I saw you in the newspaper. And let's face it, people don't always do that. You don't yeah. get that instant knowledge of who it is. Whereas yeah. if you've got a referrer you know that it's coming from that referrer because they're going to tell you they were referred by somebody. So you're going to yeah. definitely kind of do that. So yeah. advertising is very expensive. Again, I don't think you should leave it out. I think in conjunction with a proper plan, they can work very well together, yeah. but you need to do the referrals. So yeah. builds that relationship. Again, you're going to build a relationship with the referrer, which is a challenging thing to do, but after that, it becomes an ongoing business source. It's something that you can tap into time and time again. And it's just, it's a great way to just get in front of these referrers. So don't underestimate the power. Don't underestimate the power of a simple letter. What does it cost yeah. you? A stamp. Yeah. <laughs> and this was the, you know, this, this was really parallels our journey when um, we set up our practice. And this, um, so my wife's a psychologist also, and, and we were working in the public sector um, and decided we wanted to go into private practice. And we had the idea right from the start that we wanted it to be a group private practice um, that would that would be well beyond my wife and I, you know, just providing the, the clinical services and we wanted to grow it. So it meant that we sort of started with that in mind and we wanted to get it to grow quickly. Um, and we made a lot of mistakes like in you know in, through the the process of trialing different things you know we made a bunch of mistakes in doing that and wasted an awful lot of money as well no. um yeah <laughs> um so and, and this is where this idea of this letter so we tried different things right and one of the things that we did for instance is um you know we we spent it was about ten thousand dollars right on um, an advertising campaign when we got uh, brochures. This is for a psychology practice, right? So okay. we got some brochures, um, like they had DL, you know, uh, single panel DL um, cards, you know, and at the bottom it had like a tearaway card with our contact details and I think a magnet that would stick on the right. And we had oh. those like printed and then letterbox dropped across uh, the, the town that we uh, live in has say 100,000 um, people. And we, um, you know, targeted a, a bunch of different areas and we dropped, um, you know, these. Now, out of that, uh, and I think we sent uh, roughly, it might have been 10,000 or so, you know, across. We had about five or six redeemed, like five or six people that contacted as a result of that advertising. Right? 
Now, oh my. by contrast, we experimented with writing letters to the GPs directly. So in our context, um, getting referrals from GPs in the community was going to be as you know an important source of referrals but we were coming into um, um we were the new entrants in a market that had been very well established so there were lots of psychologists in the region they had very established relationships with the gps and we were concerned that we wouldn't be able to sort of um make space for us to yeah, and people were even telling us before we set up the practice uh you know that's a pie in the sky idea there'll, there'll never be you know, no one will support a group practice you know in this town things like that so we had a lot of negative like commentary in our ears from from people around um and from other like existing um uh, health practitioners in the space so we were thinking no we we believe in what we're doing we're going to going to try and what we did is experimented with letters and we sent a very what we, we ended up refining it and we have an example which uh, we'll look at but mm -hmm. um of really sending a very simple letter that um introduced us and explained what we did what we were about and and who we were uh and how we could help them um that by far and away was the single uh best you know um fuel and driver for growth um, in the practice um, and and so much so that um, when we would do follow-ups um, we wouldn't uh, like let's say you know every now and again we would send new letters out to remind GPs if we were maybe having new practitioners join expanding and so forth and it was so effective that we wouldn't send the update um, letters to all the GPs at once because it would work so effectively that it would overload our capacity to service um and so when we're looking at this you know the sometimes people get in the setting up a practice their budget's low they may have close to no budget for for advertising they right. may feel like okay I, i'm not you know i don't want to you know uh necessarily do things that they find more confronting like going to visit gps which we'll talk oh. about in a minute mm -hmm. um but just the idea of a simple letter um, that explains what you do and how you can help. Um, and we'll have some tips on what Very to true. include in that. Yeah. <laughs> um, it makes a huge difference. So Huge difference. Get a yeah. nice piece of paper or a stamp, mail it off, and it's a yeah. simple letter. You know, I wonder, and I, I didn't ask you this earlier when we were kind of preparing for today, did the letter go, it went after you did the advertising mailer to all of those people as well. So. Yeah. You know, they could have helped each other in the long run because now you've hit these people at home and you only got the five yeah. responses. But in a, in conjunction with this nice le letter, they could have been a nice yeah. pairing. But think of what you would have happened if you did the letter first. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> yeah, ex exactly. And this is the thing about people in the advertising space will always say, like, there's no such thing as bad advertising. All advertising works. It's just a matter of how much, you know, and that idea of, like there, there is an interplay, of course, if you, you know, build brand awareness um, by an advertising campaign, I'm sure this is a preaching to the converted here, right? But, um, you know, if you build brand awareness and then you do other activities, the two can, there can be an interplay, which means a subsequent activity is more successful because of that original branding um, thing. But for most practitioners and most, most health businesses, that's all overkill, right? Yes. The idea of spending money on, on, brand awareness type advertising where it's untargeted 
that, you know, then that is usually overkill. And I would argue a complete waste of money, right? If you're going to do advertising and paid advertising, then you can do some awesome things. You can do some targeted advertising using, you know, digital products and Google and Facebook and Insta and all sorts of things. But, um, but the idea of broad brand awareness advertising, you know, you'd want to be very clear that it aligns with some particular growth strategy, you know, yeah. and my argument would be it's unnecessary and a waste of money in most nearly all circumstances. Keep it really simple, keep it personal um, and, and get that relationship going. And, you know, that's something that will continue to fuel your business indefinitely, right? Whereas yeah. if you do... You know, and this is one of those things we were talking about, you know, about the traps of advertising too, is that in, in the health context, if you do like um, expensive advertising that's not targeted, broadly based on the focus on the community, and the response to that is that people, let's say you're a business where um, referrals, people perhaps people don't necessarily always come directly to you, but they might go via a GP to get a referral, for instance via a physician to get a referral, you know, to yep. activate insurance or something. Now, the problem is that if you do advertising that's broad-based and you stimulate um, awareness in the community of the need for, say, your service, let's say a psychology or a physio, okay, then and the person happens to go to their GP to get a referral, that GP may not then send the person to you who did the advertising. So you might trigger the need and or an awareness the potential patient goes to the GP, but you don't end up getting it. But because that GP has a relationship with a psychologist or that they feel comfortable with. So the patient walks in and says, hey, I saw this. I think I need to see a psychologist. The GP says, great. Look, I don't know much about those ones on the ad, but I do know these people over here are excellent. So I'll write your referral to them, right? Mm. And sometimes when we're talking to people about when they're uh, launching their business or they and they they might be frustrated about they're spending money um, and they're not seeing the result. That's one of the things that's sometimes happening. They're really helping their competitors. Not that we often think in health in terms of competitors, but our colleagues who have other businesses providing the same service. Um, often we can end up fueling those businesses because you know the GPs have that comfort with them. Point is, make the letter it's better <laughs> yeah, the letter and anything that's personal you know that yep. has that personal is, is better okay so, now before you start before go, go. you start so i'm going to tell you about what you got to do before you start and these are again those free things these are free things or low cost things that i really recommend that you do for your business why it gets you a good place that people can go and they can research you. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to have the following elements in place. A website. There's a lot of free, really easy to build website builders out there. If you don't want to do that, at least have a social media page, a Facebook page, where you can have the details about your practice, maybe a little presence, a little background on you. You can put your pictures on there. It gives you a place to expand and people can see that you are legitimate. They're going to go. They're going to get this letter. I want them to be able to go online and find you. Google my business. That is free. Set that up. Make sure people can find you. Yeah. It's a clear place to put your contact information, your phone number, your professional email address. Again, you want them to be able to find you and know that you are legitimate. I know you're legitimate. You know you're legitimate. Make sure they no, 
your and for, for some people who, who may not have caught the nuance there, um, the, their Google has a feature where mm-hmm. you can go and register, right, as a business, yes. like called Google Business. Yes. Um, and you can put in your address, your details, your basic opening hours and so forth, and then that's free, right? Yep. 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 And then when people then Google you, <laughs> yes. um, Google will see and include those results of yes. businesses that – so people might Google psychologists in this area or physio in this area or massage therapist in this area – um, and Google is going to now show that result, yeah. your business, and there's no charge for this, right? Yes, no charge. Right. And the practitioner that has received your referral letter, trust you me, they yeah. are going to Google you because they're going to yeah. be like, who is Damien? And why is Damien sending me a letter? Oh, very interesting. He's going to read it over. He's going to learn a little bit about you. And he's going to go, I want to make sure this dude is real. Yeah. And he's going to go and he's going to Google you because that's what we all do. You all do it. Don't lie. You Googled at least four times already before you got on this call today. Everybody is Googling. So go make sure you got a website, get your social media presence. Don't miss the phone calls. So whether you have a dedicated team member or an answering service, you got your phones going to your cell phone. If you're, if you're small and just starting out, make sure you have a way that they can contact you, whether so you, you answer it with a nice professional voicemail and you call them back, but you need, you've sent this letter. You're going to send this letter. You need to make sure that all of your ducks are in the row behind the scenes. And I know you guys can do it. And a lot of these things, come on, you get, you could get a teenager to help you set up a Facebook page. You could, you know, a website again, you might even reach out to a local school and say, Hey, I need some, there are some great ways you can get this done for very, very low cost, but it will benefit your business. And I want you guys to have this in place before yeah. you start. It, that's right. And when we're talking about setting up a social media um, presence, it, that doesn't mean, you know, at least the level we're talking about that you now need to start posting and finding oh, content. No. All the way. This is really just to establish a presence to say, yes, we, th- that's it. Right. And you can, Picture of your business, and, you know, yeah, you got, you know, you can a picture of your business, your business hours, maybe, you know, like your office. I mean, this is simple, simple things that um, a receptionist or again, like I said, you got maybe yeah. out of high school, yeah. or, you know, that yeah. I don't want do to for you. Don't yeah. lose your mind over it. Just yeah. make the presentation. And, and I think on, on the phone, on the phone calls, I think there's a, there's sort of like a, a hierarchy of, you know, um, uh, not good uh, to good, you know, in terms of how those phone calls are sort of received. You know, the worst case scenario is someone rings and you don't have any way of capturing that. So the phone rings out. There's no message at all. Right. Um, next up from that, I think, you know, is that you have a recorded message, okay, that, you know, uh, there's a standard voicemail, leave your details, et cetera. Um, you know, that's better than nothing. But if you're trying to grow your practice, I would say don't do that, right, that you're, you're going to lose an awful amount of business and, you know, that if it's if it's a GP who you're contacted, and this is the first time they're trying to refer to you, and they get an answering machine, not a real person. Um, you could lose that GP then and there, and um, then you lose that relationship. It's not just the cost of that particular referral that you've lost, but it goes beyond that. So, okay, let's say that then you've got the next stage up from that, um, and that would be to get a third-party answering service. So, let's say you're new or your budget is really tight, you can't yet justify um, having a full-time, you know, admin um, person answering your calls, 
then get a third-party um, phone answering service. If you Google, there's lots of them um, that, that will provide this and, and more and more that are focusing on providing um, services to health uh, practitioners and, and provide. And they'll answer the phone in your business name and the caller won't necessarily know the difference that it's going to a service. Now, that means that when they call, they get a real person, they can ask questions and they can ideally book that patient in. Very often, referrers, um, if they're unsure about a, you know, it's a new, first time they're referring to you, they're more likely to make that initial contact just to sort of, again, that idea of to see what that experience is like. So right. having that. And then the best case scenario, of course, um, is that you have your phones answered um, you know, by in-house, um, you know, in-house team, because then you have more, you know, sort of uh, control, reliability, and so forth about how that is being done. Um, but that is definitely like when we started out, um, we had our, we, we engaged the phone answering service um, straight um, right from the start. In those days, they weren't really a thing. Like they weren't, um, there wasn't companies kind of doing that because it was quite a few years ago. So we went around and approached um, various companies that we thought might be in a good position to do it even though they hadn't thought about offering it as a service right um and that's how because there was no one that, that was around we wanted it to be um in our case we wanted it to be someone that was locally based although i wouldn't see that as important um now um and then we we basically talked the business into doing it um we did some basic training with them of course about confidentiality and um the the all the uh, rules and, and things around that um, because it was a new a new business. Most now services, they have got all that attended to um, already. Yeah. They've trained their staff. So we had to do it in our case because it was new. But but that idea of getting a real person answering the phone, if you're trying to build your business or you're trying to expand or take it to a new phase or you're brand new, this really will help drive it. And it's one of those things where success breeds success. You know, that, that initial referral gets a good experience. They feel good about it. They send another person, and you know it snowballs. Okay, so we have to have okay. all those things in place. Be ready. It's, the yeah, phone's going to be ringing. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> okay, so this one about identifying you know potential referrers, um, we find that often there's sort of a limit or people can have like the blinkers on a little bit um, in yeah. relation to this, right? And so there are the obvious referral sources based on your business and you probably already know these offhand, you know, so they're the GPs and physicians, and pediatricians and could be, you know, <laughs> absolutely, um, you know, and you would know those ones that kind of come to mind, you know, for you. But the thing to think about is to kind of broaden your thinking about this. So if you think about other allied health professionals is often so that these sort of sideways referrals, it's not always, of course, going via GPs. And depending on the nature of your practice, GPs may provide, you know, be a very um, small component of referrals and you're, you can um, receive referrals from other health practitioners. So thinking about other health professionals and establishing relationships with them means that you can end up, you know, you'll refer to them when there are people that are, um, you know, appropriate and vice versa. And that way you can establish a connection, not just, you know, from a GP or a physician, but with these other ones. Um, I, but love then think of, I love it, it, that. I yeah. love that. I mean, I think of, you know, right off the bat, you know, I think of, okay, maybe you're a, psycholo you're a psychologist, right? And, you know, maybe connect with that massage therapist or yeah. connect with that, you know, the, um, oh gosh, the physical, the physiotherapist, right. Or the physical yeah. therapist, 
depending on where you're located, you know, and having those inner connections, like it's just, it was, well, you know, it just makes sense to me because they all tie really well together and you can definitely benefit from each yes. other so much. And this next one really excites me. And when we were talking about it, the other people you can reach out to and if you don't mind i really yeah. like to talk about this one because i'm yeah, really I, i'm really excited about this because when we were talking about it it got me excited. about the, like you the, this the this whole other group of of uh people that will refer and this is the thing if you think more broadly about who might have a need to to for the services that you provide you got to think about like so businesses government organizations, community organizations, nursing homes, sporting clubs, right? Wherever there is a, um, wherever essentially there is like a, a, um, a grouping of people that may uh, have a sort of similar need. So if you think about, okay, a business and you're a, um, a physio, right? Mm -hmm. And there's uh, perhaps at times within your business, there's either injuries um, or it could even be unrelated to the business, but people are talking. So someone comes in to the business and they're limping because they had an injury on the weekend for something they did. Um, then that's often coming to the attention of the manager or HR and so forth, not of any issue, but just maybe they're doing some modified duties for them or they're just being mocked. So them having available um, relationships that they can utilize to say, hey, we've got this great physio or we've got this great psychologist or we've got this, you know, and they do X, Y, and Z. They know a bit about you, right? At that point, you're able to have people talking about your business, providing a card or a brochure. Ideally, if, if you want to really go to town with this, you can um, get some brochures made and, and um, drop them off at these different businesses that you establish a relationship with. But where people are talking about coming together and talking about, whether it is their like an injury, whether it's a goal, whether it's you know anything like that, there is then often a need. You know, your service or your type of service is coming up in these sort of tangential ways in these workplaces and in the and when you get in there and become known, then yeah. what you will find is all of a sudden, like a business or an organisation, a nursing home, they're going to want to refer to. The same as the GPs, they want to refer to people that they feel comfortable with, that they know something about, rather than just making a comment, oh, you should see a physio, right? Or, yeah. look, you know, go and find a physio and, you know, uh, whatnot. But if you say, we've got, you know, oh, these people can't, you know, have got this information, this is their approach, or why don't you give these people a call, or let me take care of that, I'll book that in for you. Do you want to see if I can get you in today, tomorrow? Like, yeah. Having been at that place with, with sporting clubs, I mean, this is something that is massively under accessed. And um, we've got this quote here that from when we we're putting this together, like when we were um, building um, our, our practice, we found sporting clubs, there was so much demand for um, psychology and related services, we couldn't meet the demand, you know, that was there for um, for that exists in sporting clubs and those sort of community organizations because. You know, there's so many dynamics that play there that that make it a wonderful place to be able to, you know, provide services and and um, and have you known within those. So if you think about like what happens, the dynamics of you know, you've got often you know you've got often kids who are like uh, uh, are developing. You've got parents who are waiting on the sidelines, talking about life and about various things. You've got injuries that are occurring. You've got educational needs that are occurring. Yeah. Um, often sporting clubs have a role in 
um, not just the sport, but developing people, you know, whether it's kids or whether it's, it's adults, it's a sort of social sort of hub um, and where people will often go to their coaches and go to people to talk about whether it's physical injuries or whether it's psychological stuff that's happening, those conversations are happening in those um, in those clubs, in those communities. And they're looking for, they want relationships. Um, they want to know what do I do when with this injury or if someone is Who do I call? Someone... What do I do? Right. It, like I, I can tell you having, you know, children involved in those sporting clubs, someone gets hurt, they're always going you know, who's the physical therapist to call and you ask around to the other people. But if you can go and get to that coach or the president of the club and really get your in, if you're looking to build, oh, that's, it's yeah. genius. And don't just leave this at the physio or physical therapist. This can go much deeper. Those children need services in you know the mental health world and so many other things. And to have someone open and willing to be there for those children or those yeah. clubs or whoever it is. I mean, wonderful. Yeah. And the yeah. business aspect of it coming from a, my, my past a manufacturing background where I've, I've seen this to have that HR person know of somebody yeah. that they can connect an employee to, and they've yes. built a relationship with. Yeah. I I've seen that in action and that yeah. will do you so much good. And actually they're going to thank you because you're making their life easier too. Because when we talked yeah. about this and this first came up, I was like, wow, yeah. the opportunity there. I mean, ladies and yeah. gentlemen, the opportunity involved with all of these other things, it's kind of thinking outside that box because your initial yeah. reaction is to go to the ones that are practitioner based, but thinking outside that box and really yeah. who else can I reach and how else can I Work smarter, not harder. Power Diary, the complete practice management system for allied health professionals. Our all-in-one system with over 100 powerful features for health practitioners includes appointment scheduling, client messaging, soap notes, telehealth portal, payment integrations, and much, much more. Let Power Diary streamline and simplify your day-to-day -day operations so you can take care of clients. Join a live demo or start a free trial today. Learn more at www.powerdiary.com. And, and I think a, a couple of other points on this, this topic too is that, you know, um, one of the th the other, if we just stand back and look at it from a business point of view, one of the other reasons to to sort of di diversify your referral sources here is around you're, you're sort of ensuring your business um, against there being you know being um, too sort of singular reliance on a particular right mm -hmm. referral source or stream. So if if your business relies on particular insurance programs, or if you're say in Australia, if it's you know reliant on Medicare or if you're in the UK as NHS or if you're in the US particular insurance programs, you know, that might provide that if if the if your income stream is is too narrowly based on that, if there is a change to that beyond your control, you know, at a at a higher level, change to funding, change to eligibility, anything else, then that can have these sort of shock waves through your practice. Whereas if you've diversified 
those referral sources, you have a very like robust um, practice. And that gives you confidence to do things like to recruit and expand even when economic times are uncertain because you have this kind of network of referrals. You're not sort of sitting there and dependent on that one. And the other point, just quickly, when approaching, like especially businesses, government organizations, right, typically, you know, the, the, um, the, the we're looking at smaller practices, right? Um, they make contact and sometimes they've got a thing in their head or they might initially get this message that we have, like the government organization, the business, um, we have an EAP in, in place. We have a contract. So there's different terms for different, you know, mm-hmm. but they might say we've got a contract in place for like a national provider of all these allied health services, right? Mm-hmm. So, and it happens uh, all over the world that often that they will have, um, okay. But here's the thing, right? Most of those, without naming any names and without, you know, getting sued, right? But the reality is when people like provide the sort of, the organizations that provide, you know, these national, in some case, international, like employee assistance kind of programs, it is very, very difficult for them to compete with and provide consistent quality of care at a local level, right? Because they don't have, they've got to rely, essentially the way that those businesses work is that they will tender, they'll put in a bid for the work, They'll go in at a low bid per session, right? Because they want to win the work. Then they have to find practitioners to service the contracts in each of the local areas. And they're going to pay less again to those people because they bid it low to start with. And and they really don't have the capacity for quality control, right? So often you go and approach like your local hospital HR department and say, I can provide these services as a um, psychology you know, provider for your, they might say we have um, an EAP, we have a contract in place for a provider. Don't be put off by that. <laughs> say, absolutely, that's fine. Not looking to replace that. Understand you have that in place. However, this is what we can do. This is, you know, and let me leave the details or you send a letter yeah. or whatever format you're interacting. You'll be surprised. We, at our um, uh, health practice, we provided in, in the end, like services, to all the major like uh, companies in the region, or just about every major, right? Because that you know they would have these other things in place. All right. Sometimes you know, in fact, you know, they would contact and like, yes, we have this in place, but we want to use you. Right? Yeah. Um, and the cost of what we would be charging would sometimes be three times, maybe more even than what they would have under their EAP because we're going to be about quality and getting good outcomes for their staff. We're not about like trying to service all of Australia or all of the world as some of these um, big companies do. So don't be put off by it. Like have faith in what you do and communicate that about the quality of what you do and what you can do. And um, people see it. They, they, you know, that they, they understand. What do referrers really care about? They care about like the experience of that patient, if it's a, a GP, or of their staff member, or of their friend, or yeah. of their you know the member of the sports club, right? Mm-hmm. About what they're going to experience, right? So right. Um, they want to preserve, like if you're a let's say you're a physician or a GP, and you're making a recommendation, a referral is a recommendation. Um, ultimately, they want to make sure that that person is going to have a good experience, 
right? right. They don't want their patient coming back and going, that was random. Like, why'd you send me that person? <laughs> like, they weren't good at all. That goes to, across the board. I don't want to, I mean, nobody mm. wants to send anybody to, to you and have a bad experience. They want to have a great experience. So you've put your name out there to this business or this referrer, this, this practitioner, whoever you've put your name out to, yeah. make sure you offer great service and you yeah. take care of that patient. Yeah. And, right. I mean, it's, it's relevant so much even, you know, to us in Paradore, like so many of the new practices that sign up and join Paradore are because of the referral and right. the recommendation one of their colleagues has made, mm -hmm. you know, and that, you know, uh, we carry that responsibility, you know, yep. we, we really feel it and we want to make sure every single person gets that, like, you know, a really positive experience and, and get, because like someone's trusted us to make the referral and we would, you know, you just never want to disappoint. And this is the same sort of thing. So that's what they're thinking about. Um, they care about like who you are and what you do. They care about that. Like what's the mm -hmm. difference? Why? You know, so many health services, like if you say, okay, well, I'm a massage therapist or I'm a physio. Um, well, that's sort of like a, you're sort of marketing or position yourself as a commodity, as if it's, you know, completely interchangeable. I'm just like one of many physios, one of many psychologists. But if you say, well, I'm a, a, a physio and I take this approach with my patients mm -hmm. and these are the things that are important in our practice, right? then now there's a difference. Like now you're not just a physio. What, what sets you apart? What makes what you, sets you apart? Yes. And it doesn't have to be anything like you don't need to come up with anything like some sort of like, um, you know, exaggerated kind no. of, you know, stuff. Just be like honest and think about what are your values as a practitioner? What are the things you care about in your, in your, with your helping with patients? Yep. And that is what will resonate the, that honesty that, that about what it is. Okay. They do care about your um, availability. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, whether there's going to be a wait list, a huge wait list or not, um, things like that, they do care because that impacts on um, patient experience. Um, so, you know, or if you're available on weekends, for instance, then for goodness sake, let the referrers know because they care about that. If they've got someone who's working crazy hours and they're looking for someone to refer them, that's going to be great. Now, um, they, they like being kept informed. Um, mm -hmm but they really like efficiency and brevity, right? So in the in the initial introductory letter, in the feedback letters and so forth, brief, right? So we don't want to confuse like your the elevator concept. speech? Your elevator speech? Pretty much speech. super, super brief, right? So don't confuse, like we're, on one hand, we're saying it's really important that they have this relationship and understanding, but like don't, they don't have time to read massive, right, things. That's not what the goal is. It's about being very succinct and very brief about those particular parts that they care about. Right. right. And then, you know, and then the same when you're writing referral, when you're providing feedback letters, things like that, right? Don't make them these big, long, rambling things about everything, every um, professional view you have about that patient, right? Think yeah. about what's relevant to their provision of care. Right. Or if, if it's feedback, you have consent, you're feeding back to the employer or to someone in an HR department. What's relevant? Like, you know, obviously assuming consent is in place to provide feedback, what's relevant for them so they can get it and go, right, I understand, like quickly assess and see the information that's relevant. So in a GP scenario, the patient goes back, they're sitting with that GP 
um, the GP might flash that letter up on their screen and they might have like 20 seconds to sort of get their head around it with the patient in front of them. So don't make them read a novel. Like, <laughs> you know, just the key points. Yeah. They love it. We have consistently, like, we've researched this. Um, Would you recommend bullet practice. points when possible? Yeah, you can, I you love can a good use, bullet point. You can use bullet points. You can do whatever's sensible for you. We have a, a, some templates in the system that you can use. Oh, just But keep it brief. Keep it brief. Um, they don't care as much about cost of your services. So it has relevance, but they don't care as much about that. Okay. okay. Now, I'm aware we are, I'm, well, I'm saying don't go into too much detail with all this. I'm aware I'm probably talking way too much in this, but anyway. You're just passionate love, about this I, topic because it has I, been very successful for you. So it, I can appreciate that. And I think our, our audience appreciates yeah. that too. And, and this, this is a lot to learn. Work over and over and over. It is, it is like when you look at successful you know, practices, it's not to say it's the only way to be successful. There's lots of people have built successful practices in you know lots of different ways so no way i'm saying this is the but when this is done you see it over and over and over that it kind of you know works well okay. yes now there are other ways of doing of introducing and and having this these sorts of relationships right and this yes. is okay i guess from a marketing point of view right there's different channels that you can kind of Absolutely. reach with yep. yes. that's perfectly it's, it's reasonable now you have these one-on-one -on -one, um one-on-one -on -one meeting or a lunch, okay. And this is often what people default to in health, where they think I need to get in front of the GP. Right. And if you can, great. And if it's your thing, great. And if you are going to do it and you're not going to just avoid it, great, right? <laughs> um, right. Absolutely, like, do it. But I can say, <laughs> I think I can say this with honesty, like I'm thinking back of, you know, I don't think there's an exception. I don't think I've done one single um, one on like gone in and done a one-on-one -on -one meeting or done a lunch, a, a tr traditional lunch kind of get to know the GP. They often have these spots in their calendar that you can book in and you're competing with drug reps and all sorts of other yeah. people who are trying to, to pitch things. You know, I don't like, um, I don't like the idea of pitching, right? Because like, I think, you know, it's, it's, I mean, my view, it's the wrong way. Like talk to people about, you know, if they're interested in how you can help them, right? Not so, but there are people who do these one on one lunches and they're really comfortable with it, they love it, they're really good at it. Great, right? I think but they're just hungry, they want lunch. No, <laughs> I think it's a good way, but yeah. I actually really like offering something right. of value, like a presentation on a topic of interest. I yeah. mean, so we have such as the sleep management strategies, but I mean, which is great. Yeah. How good would that be to a manufacturer, you know, or, you know, a business or something like that. But, you know, go even for the physio, you could go in and yeah. do a whole, a whole, you know, orientation on the proper way to stretch before work. And it could be like a five minute thing. And that gets you not only in front of, you know, that referrer, right. You're in front of yeah. that HR person yeah. and get your name out there. But now all of those people have seen you too, and they've gotten to experience you. And it could be five 10 minutes, you know, but think of how, you know, that's going to, that's going to do you so good. Cause not only yeah. you're getting in front of all of those people in the business, you got in front of the HR, you got in front of management. You've also got in front of those employees and yeah. they may have a friend and, you know, you're building that referral. You're passing that down and down and down. So I, I, I really like that. I, I mean, even the council, you know, if you're on the mental health side, I think again, going into like maybe some stress management in an, in an, in a, in a call center or, yeah. you know, 
actually, you uh, can probably go in and do it to a physician's office too. You could go in. You can, yeah. <laughs> and I've done, I've done like stacks, like you know, I, I think I've done no one-on-one, like go in, pitch for the GP in the allocated spot, right? Ever. Yeah. But, but I have done stacks and stacks and stacks of these like presentations on topics of interest, right? I and then it. what I realized after a while too is, well, forget it as a um, just as a promotional um, opportunity. I charge for it. <laughs> so, um, you know, because there's a need for, for these things, right? So once, you know, kind of realize actually like people enjoy this and I would enjoy talking, it's, you know, something that would be of interest to them. Um, then in the end, I'd be like, okay, well, you know, I'd have a fee structure attached to going and, and doing that. And you're getting like this double whammy. You're doing something that is getting um, generating revenue, you know, which is of course, you know, health practices need revenue, right? So you're doing that, but you're also then, um, getting in front of these, um, these, uh, you actually so. just create a whole new revenue stream for yourself. Cause again, those HR people, they talk and they have their own community too. So yeah. they're going to be talking to each other and which again, passing down that yeah. referral, referral to referral. Cause you came in, you did that then that, you know, so you do maybe the first couple for free and yes. then they start talking and next thing you've got a whole new line of it. We just got yeah. you another avenue of revenue. Yeah. I like well, it. Good. Yeah. And sometimes there are things you just don't like. I once some got invited to. I didn't even know this group exists, but they were amazing, right? They were a group of um, admin uh, assistants that would um, get together, and they were like a support network for each other, right? Mm -hmm. And they were they would get together and talk about you know um, just different ways of kind of helping each other and sharing ideas and whatnot, right? And then they asked, like, you know, would I uh, present to them on a particular thing? And I had a look at, and I thought, this is so amazing. I said, yep, yeah, I'll do it, and I'll do it for free. Right? I don't. I it, it just what they were doing was was um, so needed. You know, that this sort of this support network because it's so you know those roles are so important yet often undervalued, underlooked. But as a result of that, and it just hadn't really even occurred to me. It was sort of an accident. I was, you know, presenting, and I, I think I did it for a few years with the with the same group. But then they, the admin people, were there at the centre of so many organisations and so many decisions, right? Uh, uh, that they are kind of a focal point. And then they're like, they were with you know, it was like I said, a complete accident. But they were then were recommending our practice to across everywhere because so much information was coming right. So it's not. Like, yeah, when you're getting out there and building relationships, it's 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 not like necessarily with an identified agenda either. Like it's it's that if you focus on some value, you know, provide, then that in itself will do the talking. They they will know they'll get to know what you're about. Yeah. Through that, right? And I think this goes to this next point about go to events that GPs or any um, refer potential referrers put on. Now, should um, I go to this event and start screaming who I am and being over, you know, right. all crazy? Yeah. Oh, you need to come to see me. I'm pretty awesome, blah, 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 blah. Or should you? I think you have a method for this, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Like, and this is a mistake that people make. You know, they, they'll go to this event and they will see it as this, I'm going to go and promote. There's all these potential this referrers here this and I'm going to go in and make sure I introduce myself to everyone and, like, essentially – each conversation I have, I'm going to like make sure that like, you know, this is me and this is my card. This is my, no, right. It's just yeah. such a bad look. And it's, it's, those events are not there for that. They're genuinely a networking event, right? So go there and be natural, be yourself, be genuine, right? Don't, you know, show interest, learn about what these, what practitioners, what they're doing, what their 
pain points are in their practice, whatever is just a normal conversation, right, without and let them sort of show interest in you and, and ask you questions and then you can provide information about your practice if it feels natural in yeah. that conversation. Right? So you, and it's such a different dynamic and you can see it when you look at a room and you can see people like working the room in this really – and, you know, it's just so clear. It's a this sales pitch. It's disingenuous. It's kind of, you know, you may as well be door knocking. Like, but – this is sales room. 101. I will tell you the mo have I've worked with a lot of sales people in my my day. And yeah. sales 101, be yourself, be natural. Don't be the hard pitch. Don't throw it in their face. Don't, you know, especially at those networking events, nobody wants to just straight up like throw me throw me your hardest pitch. They don't want that. They want yeah. to get to know you and then that yeah. conversation will naturally progress. And yeah. then they're going to remember a great conversation they had with Damien, the psychologist. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm going to go, I, you know, hmm, I, I got a letter from him and that, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I met him at this event. He was very real. I enjoyed yeah. his company. I'm going to read this. They're going to take a second look at that. So this, yep. you guys have gotten that, or ladies and gentlemen, yep. you have gotten today some marketing, nice help, and also a little insight into sales. So yeah, think about that. And I I, love that. The thing I like about this too, like, is is that you know you're genuinely being yourself. So if you're a quiet person, um, like clearly, okay, I can get excited, and I like you know I enjoy talking to people, no. right? but but <laughs> I know, but that that that's just me. But then. Um, like in some social situations like that, like in this office, you know, I might be a lot quieter, right? And mm -hmm. I would, I'm more interested in having those individual conversations, right? Mm -hmm. And I may not feel go into that situation feeling super confident either, like to, you know, to be on the stage of their, their career and whatnot as well, that you can go in and feel a bit nervous or a bit intimidated or a bit, Right, but just be you and go, that's okay, because I'm not, you know, I don't have an agenda I have to like push and just let, let it naturally so if you're a quieter person go in and be the quieter person that you naturally are and have don't worry about targeting particular people or feel just be there have but conversations don't go stand in the corner the whole time no. either you've got to mingle you got to step up just a little bit but you don't have yeah. to go too far out of your comfort zone no don't stand don't, in the corner. i don't want to see you over there no, that <laughs> yes thank you for that yes you're right but that's exactly you're right but it, it's about natural to you so if you're going to have a, a quiet conversation it doesn't need to be with the senior gp of that yeah. person or that senior forget that like don't have an agenda like that just you know learn about what people do what their practice is or what their you know their circumstances are like have a normal conversation let it flow where it flows and if you walk away and there was no talk about your business or your that's fine right that's so fine because there will you. be it's they'll remember you and it is it's a relationship building it's not a, a, a pitch and I, look i've had conversations with people they're like oh i can't go to those events i'm like so i'll do a little pep talk with them first like, get, get all that stuff out of your head just go and be you have a last couple of things we're going to just talk about a few do's and don'ts okay be yourself at events <laughs> look for opportunities show interest help others solve problems talk about positives yeah, this is right. Like this is a, a like a yeah. Don't go to an event and 
use it as a place to kind of dump all your worries about your practice or about yeah, no, <laughs> um, don't struggles. Do that. No, right? It, keep it keep it positive, um, and so that you're expressing your you are a positive person to be around, and that they're associating positive things with your business. Okay, um, express gratitude to referrers, right? And like the way that you know I view it is that when someone refers, like whether it's a GP, whether it's a community member, whether it's a friend, you know, they refer to your business. Without that, your business ultimately is not going to exist. It's not going to do well if people don't re- refer. There's a lot of a lot of appreciation, and I, I feel sort of lucky when there are people that are consistently referring, you know, to um, to like uh, to our business because, and I think it's important to express gratitude right to that because if you've got a business that is really growing and doing well. The last thing you want to do is get kind of caught up in your own thinking about how wonderful you are and how, you know, it's all your hard work and all, because it's not the reality, right? The reality is there's lots of people involved in making a business successful, right? And it's the community and the people that refer to you that ultimately um, help drive your business. So expressing gratitude for that dynamic and to the people who send you business is important. So if you're doing a talk to the community or you're doing, you know, something, then, you know, express that and say, we've been so lucky to be well supported by this wonderful community of people who refer to us because it's the truth. And by recognizing it, you're showing that you appreciate that relationship. Hmm. Acknowledge and track every referral. Um, so get a feedback letter to them. If they refer someone, don't leave them wondering what happened. Send them a letter, you know, just acknowledge that, hey, I had this, thank you for sending them. I had um, the first session and some brief feedback. And you know, again, we have templates to do that. Keep it brief. Communicate on a regular basis and send a thank you. So let's say thanks for the referral. Make sure you put that up front. <laughs> we appreciate it. Um, okay, some don'ts. Okay, don't bombard them with unnecessary communication. Right. We know this like for marketing. You have the views on this too, right? About Oh God. Yeah, right. definitely. Don't I mean, don't don't do it. Yeah. What keep yeah. it. You don't want to bombard them. You don't want to be spamming them. You don't want them to think like, oh my God, there's Damien again. You know, get it yeah. enough, but not yeah. too much. Keep yeah. it to the necessary stuff. I like and that. This is it's a conversation we have in Powder all the time, right? Yes. Because like how much do we we want to communicate like you know a, a, a lot we want to you know there's lots of things we want to talk about and send emails but at the same time as you know we're always trying to find that balance right that you know we don't want to overdo it and have people feel like we're bombarding them and you're very good at keeping us all you know aligned and thinking about these things um but also you want to you want to keep talking to people about things that well, are you might be relevant keep the to communication them. open but yeah. you just don't want to be seen as a nuisance. So yes. you send the necessary, you know, don't send unnecessary stuff. Send what's necessary. Yes. I absolutely. like this next don't. Don't okay. be seen looking <laughs> for patients without a positive reason to do so. So if you're, you don't want to just, you want, you don't want to be like, oh my God, they're desperate for patients. You're not. Yeah. Have yeah. a reason. New office, new practitioner, longer hours. Have a reason. Maybe you just remodeled, you know, come up with a reason. Don't just be seen like, oh my God, Damien's desperate. No, 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 no. Yeah. You have to have that reason behind yeah. the communication. So that's pretty yeah. self-explanatory. 
You're going to have a great reason. We know it. This yeah. one I like too. Don't speak ill of a referral source. Come on. Right. Don't talk. Don't talk bad about your friends. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty yeah. obvious. Don't do it because it will get back to them. So yeah, it, it'll get back to them and it looks bad to the person you're talking to. And sometimes this is where it's tempting is that, you know, you might be talking to uh, a GP, for instance, or something, and they might be making a negative comment about one of their colleagues or, oh, I wonder, you know, right. Um, and you might have had a similar experience. But if you buy into that, you know, um, and you, it, you know, then at the end of the day, you know, it's not a good look. And ultimately that person, even though they start the conversation or walk away and think, well, is, are they saying those things about me? Like if I send a poorly written referral or whatever it might be, you know, that it's, it's sort of, it's, it's breaking a confidence is the way that I sort of view it, you know, and if there's an issue you've got with a, you know, with a referral source, deal with it privately, confidentially, respectfully with them, but never like speak about that to, to others and to, be to disrespectful. Anybody. No, yeah. not, and not like, exactly. consider this, this goes back to kind of like that sales 101 too. Um, when you're at those networking events, if you walk into a conversation, you know, something we used to always say is know your audience, know your room. Everyone's got eyes and ears. So if you walk into one of those conversations, it might be best to just turn and walk out because you don't want to be involved with that. Like do yeah. yourself a favor, you know, just don't do it. Yeah. Pretty simple. Don't do it. Um, and I like this one. Don't sell yourself, be yourself. And, and that's just easy. Yeah. You guys are all great. You're out there. You're putting yourself out there. Be yourself, whoever that is. If you're quiet, be a little bit more quiet. If you're outgoing, be outgoing. But don't be a salesman. Nobody yeah. wants the, the used car yeah. salesman. They want to know you. And that's going to do you much better down the road. You can, you, I, you're great. Yeah. But you don't want to be a salesman. So and, and, be yourself. Absolutely. And that goes beyond the um, the events. It it goes to the nature of the communication that you send as well. So they'll get a sense of who you are. They will send patients that they think will sort of resonate with the kind of vibe, if you like, your vibe or the vibe of your practice, your you know, the approach. They'll Patients will have a good experience. They'll then go back like and say that they've had a good experience and the whole thing works well. But if you try and be something else or you've got an idea in your mind and putting pressure on yourself to be a certain persona or whatever it might be that then you know it's it's setting up it's too hard i mean it's it's stressful well i'm not gonna be you, know. you damien you're not gonna be me you yeah. gotta be yourself so what might be be yourself at these events but change it for yeah. you yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah finally we've built features in power to help support this so we've yes. got the communication templates you want to write a letter or whatnot you can go into the client profile, into their communication and write a letter or pre-fill all the information. So those templates are in there. Um, in the in tasks under the patient profile, you can also set up reminders to contact GPs. And there's also reports in Paradory that you can filter that shows you whether the active and inactive um, re referrers, so you can see who hasn't been sending to, but you can also filter in a way that will show you the value of um, those referrers so they it looks at how much has been invoiced that is linked to particular referrers so you're actually able to see and make sure that your nurturing um is being sort of focused on the right areas because sometimes there's really quiet referrers that are sending you a lot of people but for some reason they never really quite hit your radar 
Um, mm -hmm. And so by looking at it, you can make sure that you're, you, you know, giving due attention to the people that are supporting your business. And, and then comes, you could reach yeah. back out to even if there's a bunch of, you know, the inactive ones, you could reach out to and utilize them to be like, haven't heard from you a while, you haven't referred, maybe there was a negative experience, you could kind of open that line of communication by utilizing those reports. So yeah, we could definitely, uh, yeah, I, 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 that's a, it's a great, it's a great asset of having Power Diary. Yeah, so. uh, yeah absolutely. So I think um, that is uh, everything that we wanted to cover uh, off today. So uh, thank you, Danielle. Thank you. Once again, it's been wonderful um, having you, and particularly for this this topic that really does have that relationship building element is so important. You know, that's that's well, what it's I, all about. I think everyone appreciates your passion about this yeah. and all the that you've seen it and you've lived it and you've breathed it and it's so obvious and um I appreciate being along for the ride. Wonderful. Thanks guys. Thank you. Goodbye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Practice Power Up podcast with Damian Adler. Come back often and make sure you subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. Your feedback is important. Don't forget to join us next week for another exciting episode. See you then.